And today we're going to be in Colossians 4, verses 2 to 6. And we're going to um, read that together in a moment. But let's just remind ourselves of what's going on here. So Colossae was a city. And the people in Colossae had started to live for God and because um, they'd, they'd heard all about Jesus and what he'd done, so they decided to live for God. But, you know, they just weren't doing it perfectly. Some things were going wrong, um, and they had some issues. And um, someone had visited this church in Colossae who went to then go and tell Paul all about it. And so Paul had heard about this church that had started, and he was hearing about some of the issues that they had. And so Paul wanted to encourage the church and to help them. But Paul couldn't just go and visit them to talk to them. Does anybody know why Paul couldn't just go and visit them? Joel? He was. Paul was stuck in prison. So he couldn't go and visit the people in Colossae. And so instead, Paul wrote to the people. While Paul was in prison, he wrote wrote to them. And we don't really know how the letters managed to get out of prison and to all these people that he wrote to, but it did. And it's that letter that we read together today, his letter to the Colossians. And so we're going to read from Colossians 4, verses 2 to 6. And it says this. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it as clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act towards outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Okay, and so this is part of Paul's message to the church in Colossae. And we're going to look at this bit and see its encouragement to pray, do, and say. Okay, so those are our three actions this morning. So could you pray? I know we don't have to pray like this, but it's a helpful action, isn't it? Pray, do, you're going to point like do, and say. Okay, so can you say and do those with me? You ready? Pray, do, and say. This is Paul's encouragement. And so first, pray. Paul asks the church to devote themselves to prayer, which means not just to pray like a little bit, but to pray and commit to it. Pray like you really mean it, like it really matters, and it's really important. So let's think of it like this. In battle, soldiers use walkie-talkies, don't they? And they use walkie-talkies to talk to one another, but they also use it to talk to headquarters and say, this is going on, we need your help, we need this sending to us, please come and do these things. They use their walkie-talkies to communicate. And it's a little bit like this with God. We can pray to God, like having a walkie-talkie to chat to him. And um, we can chat to God and tell him what's going on. We can ask him for help. And we are to be devoted watchful and thankful in prayer then Paul he's saying he's saying pray for the soldiers on the front line when he's saying please pray for me and I have opportunities to share Jesus it's like saying please pray for those soldiers that are on the front line that's when he's asking them to pray for him as he's stuck in prison that there'd be open doors to the message of Jesus can you make an open door like this he is saying make there be an open door to the message of Jesus that Jesus is known clearly. And so we have this walkie-talkie connection with God. But the great thing is, is that I don't know if you guys have ever had walkie-talkies like this in your house, but they very quickly run out of battery. Sometimes when you're halfway through a very important mission, like um, doing whatever you're doing, sneaking through the bathroom so your parents don't notice, 
they run out of battery, don't they? And then you can't play with them. But you know what? Our connection with God doesn't run out of battery. God always has like a walkie-talkie connection to us that doesn't run out. We can talk to him all the time. And so we are to be a church that is devoted to prayer. And so we want to pray for people on the front line as well. Maybe that's praying for each other as we go and share Jesus in our everyday lives. As we share about Jesus in our schools and in our workplaces to the people that we live near. But it's also praying for people where there is less freedom for the gospel. Praying for people that live in places where it's more difficult to share Jesus' name. And we have some people who are part of our church family that live in places where it can be harder to share Jesus' name. And so we're going to be a church right now that is devoted to praying for these guys. And so hopefully all of you guys have got a piece of paper and a pen. And what I'd like you to do on your piece of paper is to write or draw a prayer for one of these guys on the screen. And if you don't know them, maybe you could pray for somebody that you do know that lives in a place where it's harder to share Jesus. Maybe there's less freedom for the gospel. And then the fun bit is when you finish writing or drawing your prayer, I want you to turn it into a paper aeroplane and try and get it into this bucket at the front, okay? So no pressure, because it's quite a small bucket and quite a big room. Okay, but write or draw your prayer for someone that lives on the front line, sharing Jesus in a place where it's difficult, and then turn your prayer into an aeroplane in the service. But well done, toying. Well done. Impressive skills there. Well done. (laughs) Guys, isn't it good to know that God hears our prayers even when they don't make it into the bucket? Wow, it's like carnage at the front here. (laughs) Wonderful. Okay, so we can pray to God. We have this direct connection to God. And we can pray about stuff going on in our lives. But also, we devote ourselves to praying for people on the front line, places where it's harder to share Jesus. So can you remember our three things again? Pray, do, say. Okay, so verse 5 calls us to do. It says to be wise in the way you act and make the most of every opportunity. We are called to live our lives, to do our lives in a way that shows Jesus to others. And so as we pray for people to know Jesus, the things that we do can show people what Jesus is like. And Jesus, he calls us to love one another, doesn't he? He calls us to love everybody, no matter who they are, what they've done, where they come from, whether you'd like to be friends with them or not. Jesus calls us to love these people, to love the people that maybe other people don't love, just like he did when he was here on earth. And so, but what does that look like? What does it look like to love other people? And most of the time, it's the stuff that we do every day, isn't it? It's the way that we love people as we go about our everyday lives, the things that we do at school or at work or as we're doing other things in our communities. But, you know, sometimes we do special things to love people well, Um, maybe you buy a special gift to somebody that you know is having a hard time and you just encourage them with that gift. Maybe you message them and say, I just, your name popped into my head today and I just wanted to pray for you. Maybe you do things like picking up a piece of litter every day on your walk to school. Sometimes it's the little things that we do that can love people and our communities well. So I wonder, can you think of some more ways that you can love people like Jesus? Why don't you share some ideas with the people around you? ways that you can love people like Jesus would want them to be loved. 
Okay, does anybody have an idea that they'd be up for sharing with all of us? Jonah, your hand was straight up. That's kind of, yeah, if you've got a car or some other way of getting someone somewhere and somebody else doesn't, you could help them out, couldn't you? That's a great one, Jonah. Um, Eli, holding the door open for somebody, that's a kind thing to do, isn't it? It shows love to those people. Nice. Any other ideas? We've got another one from Jonah. Yeah. Has it gone out your head? We'll come back to you, Jonah. You keep thinking hard. Mary, have you got one? What can you do to love people? Give them presents. Yeah, Mary's drawn a really big present on her whiteboard there. We can. We can show people love with gifts, can't we? Chimmy, what else can we do? Give them cards. That's right. We can give them cards and use our words to show them that we love them. That's really kind. And our pictures, I guess, on the cards as well. Jonah, have you remembered it? Yeah, we can invite people round to our houses, can't we? We can do life with one another. Let people know that they are welcome in our homes. Esther. We can bake stuff for people. Yeah, I know lots of you guys did this during lockdown. Some of you guys got baking superstars. Um, and you can bake for people, can't you? And share it with people um, that you want to love and bless. Um, Anya, is your hand up? No. Um, Eli. Yeah, we can talk to people about how we're feeling. That's really important, isn't it? Making people know that we are listening, that we are a safe person for them to chat to. Anna. Pardon? Oh, you make friend, um, pictures for your friends. That would be really nice. And we can be friends to lots of people, can't we? That's really nice, Anna. Joel. Include everyone. Yeah, that's really important, isn't it? I imagine lots of you guys that are in school, maybe there's some people that don't get included a lot. And you can help include those people. Maybe you are one of those people. And if it's not you, you can let other people know and just say, hey, I'm having a bit of a hard time. Can you please include me? And we can do it in our workplaces as well. Make sure everyone in our teams are included. Let's have one more. Jonah, while we're going for a third. Yeah, we can give them a letter saying something nice. Those are some really, really great ideas. There's loads of things that we can do to love people like Jesus loves them. And so as we pray for them, we do life in a way that shows Jesus. And um, we do some of those things as a church community, don't we? Sometimes we do them as part of our mission groups or on mission Sundays. And also, um, Dan reminded us last week about our bookmarks where um, lots of us, this was a long time ago, so you might not remember, but we committed to praying for three different people in our lives. And as we pray for these people, we can do things for them that display Jesus' love, that open up, open the door to the gospel of Jesus, that they would want to hear about him and respond to him. If you don't have one of these bookmarks, there'll be some out um, near the teas and coffees at the end. And if you did have a bookmark, and maybe you'd like a new one and pray for three new people, then also you can grab yourself one of these at the end. So, what are our three things, guys? Pray, do, and say. Wonderful. So finally, in verse 6, Paul encourages the church that what they say should be full of grace and seasoned with salt. But what does it mean for things to be seasoned with salt? Well, definitely in my life, I use salt to make things taste better. Can anyone think of something that tastes a lot better with salt on it? Anya? Chips. Yes, chips definitely taste better with salt, don't they? Sophie? Eggs. Oh, yeah, nice little sprinkling of salt on top of your eggs. That's nice. Anna? 
fish fingers. Oh, yeah, you might put some salt on your fish. There's probably salt already in your fish fingers, isn't there? Lots. Eli, you'd have salt on your sugar. Sugar also makes things taste better. Maybe your life could be seasoned with sugar as well as salt. Who knows? Alex, everything. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Lydia, crisps. Oh, yes, some like ready salted crisps. They taste good, don't they? Joel, popcorn. Oh, yeah. Okay, hands up if you're a sweet popcorn fan. Hands up if you're a salty popcorn fan. Hands up if you're a sweet and salty popcorn fan. Oh, yeah, I see the room. I see the room. Okay, anything else that tastes better with salt? Caramel. Oh, salted caramel. Yes, Dan. Oh, so, so good, isn't it? Esther. Chips. Yes, chips again. In fact, Esther, do you want to come up for me a second? So, one thing that I think definitely tastes better with salt is McDonald's chips, okay? So, um, we're going to have a little taste test here, in fact. Esther has got some McDonald's chips down here that, if any of you have been to McDonald's, you know that they are definitely seasoned with salt, aren't they? And um, so, Esther, if you just have a little taste and just tell us what your salty chips taste like. She's a connoisseur. She's a food connoisseur. That's why she's um, prepared. Very nice. <laughs> good, good, good. Apart from the fact they're very cold because I had to buy them yesterday. <laughs> but they taste good with salt on them, don't they? Chips taste really, really good with salt on. But what if Esther was to get some of her chips and was to wash all of the salt off? So let's just tip a hole. <laughs> let's give them a good stir. Get all the salt off. Get all the salt off. Okay, and let's get them back into your... I think. All, do you think the salt's off yet? Okay, if we get them back in here. Okay, we're gonna, gonna grab it. okay, would anybody like to try one of Esther's newly unsalted chips? Yep, take it out, Esther. let's just point out they're now cold, unsalted and soggy chips. <laughs> Very nice. <laughs> they are still chips, but they definitely would taste better if they had salt on them. They, um, Esther, you can have the official verdict as well. I think you've got to eat one, surely. Come on, Esther. <laughs> What's your comparison, Esther? Were they better with salt or without salt? Definitely better with salt. Thank you, Esther. So, um, food doesn't taste as good. It tastes bland, or it can taste bland, without salt. And what we say isn't meant to be like that. We don't want what we say about Jesus to be bland. We want to talk about Jesus in a way that tastes great, that makes people's mouths water and think, oh, wow, Jesus, I want to get to know that guy. We want what we say to be seasoned with salt. But how do we do this? How do we talk about Jesus in a way that is seasoned with salt and appealing to others? Well, I think we start by spending time with Jesus for ourselves. We remind ourselves why Jesus is good news. And that means we read our Bibles. We spend time with Jesus. We spend time with our church family. We worship him. We taste Jesus for ourselves so that when we talk about him, we are full of grace and seasoned with salt that others would hear what we say and think, wow, this Jesus guy, I want to get to know him. So our three things, we pray, we do, 
and say. So we want to be people that pick up our walkie-talkies and devote ourselves to prayer. We want to do life in a way that shows Jesus to other people. And we want to have words that are seasoned with salt and the goodness of Jesus. Jesus who came to save us. Jesus who died on the cross because he loves each and every one of us. Jesus who wants a relationship with us and wants others to know him too. And so we're going to spend some time now worshipping Jesus together. So I'm going to invite the band up and we're going to worship Jesus together. So I'm going to pray for us as we worship. Maybe you want to close your eyes to pray with me. Jesus, we devote ourselves to you. We are watchful and thankful for who you are and what you have done for us. Help us to pray, to do and say so that you would be known in our lives and known to others. And all of God's people said, Amen. Amen. So let's, if you're able to, stand to your feet. Let's worship Jesus together.